Hi, Amber. Hi, Megan. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Thank you, Megan. Megan, welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Amber, I feel lonely. You you feel lonely? Yeah. That's a bit heavy for this podcast. You feel... You feel isolated and alone. Okay. Uh, no, I, it's only the two of us doing this podcast. Oh, 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 I see. So y- your complaint isn't about general loneliness. Your your complaint is specifically about being stuck with just me. You heard me, yes. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that I am the only one here is what's leading to your malaise. And I'm sure you feel the same way. I mean, obviously. We had both Resident Evil and Adrian. Right? I mean, now we have neither, and it's really hard. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's palpable painfulness. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's ultimately why we chose this movie. We, we had to wean ourselves off from the sweet, incredible high of our Resident Evil series. Yeah, a little bit of methadone here, folks. <sighs> it's not the same. Although, I do love this movie. It, it did help the hurt. Yeah, it, it does. It does. We watched The Fifth Element. I just, I fucking love this movie. I fucking, you know, you know, okay, I'm older now and I see it. I see the problems. I do. But when I watched it the first time, oh, I became obsessed with it. Little Amber. Fucking, <laughs> this was her jam. <laughs> and Megan. Like 15? I believe I was 14. 14. Don't, don't age me, woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to warn you. Okay. Just, just verbal, verbal warning. Okay. Um, that way, I can't be held responsible for it when it happens. This movie is a special place in my heart. So if you fuck up the summary, I am just going to oh, jump boy. down your throat like a yeah. rabid marmoset searching for those nuts you stole. Mm, upsetting, upsetting imagery, Amber. Now I don't want to do it. Maybe if I just don't do it, I don't get in trouble. I mean, but then you'll get in trouble for not doing it. Mm. I, I'm just, you know, I mean, hey, hey, but you get to choose. That's that's the beauty of life. Choice. All right. So, Amber, you know how a great evil comes to Earth every 5,000 years? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the classic battle between good and evil. All the religions know about it and are teaching us about it at all times. Every 5,000 years, a great evil comes to Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we're still, still a couple hundred years out from, from ours, I think. Maybe, maybe one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're good. Not right. We're good. Um, so, so this is about um, kind of the time in which uh, uh, that great evil has come, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, you have to obviously. I mean, I don't even know why. <laughs> why am I even saying this? Everybody knows you get the four elements together. You know, earth, wind, fire, and earth. The actual four elements, like actually, you just like get like a bucket of water and you know, like a torch with fire on it. Amber. You get the stones. Come on. Oh, I'm sorry. The stones, the magic, the magic stones representing. The, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's you like know. you don't even, it's, you, okay, you know about the great evil, you know, but you don't know about the stones. Okay, come on. I am a Sunday great evil kind of person, mm-hmm. you know, like I, you know, I, I, it's not every day for me. Well, okay, not even Sunday. I'm, I'm like a great, great evil Christmas yeah. worshiper. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Like I, I, you know, I, I know broad strokes, you know, sure. there's, you get the four elements and, you know, the fifth element. Mm-hmm. Which is yep. which is the the ultimate weapon and also the perfect being. I believe it's kind of both things. Both things, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, and I, I think aliens are involved. They're also yeah. aliens. Yeah, you know how we're saved from the great evil every five thousand years by the aliens. But of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I do remember we we worship the aliens, but they're not God. They're just the ones that made the weapon. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Okay. So we worship yeah. the aliens, the the Manichuan, I believe. Yes. The the great lords, the Manichuan, and uh, yeah, they. I, thank goodness that Earth is the center of the universe. Once we learn that Earth is not the center of the universe, <laughs> it is. It. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So of course, all of this goes down on Earth. It. It affects the entire universe. If I if I remember my scriptures correctly, uh-huh. the great evil comes every five thousand years. Yes, and if it happens to be in Egypt at this time, mm-hmm. then then everything ends. Life becomes death. Light becomes dark. It it unmakes creation forever. We're done. Right. But if the magic alien space weapon is in Egypt, then it will destroy the ancient evil for that five thousand year period. Right. And, and then it, takes, it gets a do-over in the next 5,000 years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It gets to kind of re- recoup, li- go home, lick its wounds, yep, lick its evil yep. wounds, and then uh, uh, recalibrate, come back 5,000 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a it's like a clock. You can set your 5,000-year wristwatch by it. Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad we've established that we both are, are familiar with this mm-hmm. concept. This is very, very common concept. Excellent. So as you also know, Amber, you know, about a hundred years ago, <laughs> the, you know the priests that keep the secret order of the aliens? Yeah, those guys are super incompetent. We'll get into that. <laughs> I, I, I really am not impressed with their priesting. Yeah. They, it's pretty, they, it's pretty, pretty balls out bad. Yeah, they they just kind of fucked up, and then they let people know about the the fifth element, and then of course the aliens came and took the elements, the stone elements, excuse me, and the fifth element away because we could not be trusted with them on Earth. So, so this is about the returning of the stones and the fifth element. Oh, right, right, right. So they they come back right before the great like, evil, like is literally, about to show up. like like literally, seem to be like trying to race the, you know, you know how they had about three hundred years to like get ahead of the great evil, they, they seem to be like racing it back to Egypt to like hurry up, the great evil's coming. We've got to get there right beforehand. It's it's really good, you know. You know how you procrastinate saving, I don't know, the interdimensional creation? creation. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, Amber, it's not just the great evil that we're worried about. We've got an American businessman who, I guess, wants money for uh, in exchange for allowing the great evil to come. And then Bruce Willis has to um, obviously help the Fifth Element, who turns out to be a person named Mila Jovovich. Um, um, I'm sorry, I believe her name is Lilu. And, her name is uh, yes, Bruce Willis right. is Corbin Dallas. I, I'm sorry, with those names, we can't use the actor's names. No, we you're right. We just can't. You're right. Corbin Dallas has to save... <laughs> uh, save Lilu is... Uh, that's, that's wrong. Lilu's there to save everybody. But then it, it becomes about Corbin Dallas saving Lilu. Anywho, um, they've got to get their act together and bring the stones and Lilu to Egypt and there's shenanigans on the way, and then they uh, they defeat the great evil by activating the fifth element. Love. That's beautiful. Yep. Nope. Nope. I, I'm going to fight you on that shit. I'm going to fight you on that shit. This is not Captain Planet. <laughs> Amber, what did uh, Metacritic say? 
Well, thankfully, Metacritic uh, has the aggregate at 52 and, and the users at, at 88. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to do this movie. <laughs> thankfully. Thankfully, they're assholes. So we were able to do this movie. Yeah, fair. Uh, 70 for critics on Rotten Tomatoes and 86 for the audience score. I, this is a much beloved movie. You know, we got solid Bs from the audience and mm-hmm. a solid C if you're looking on Rotten Tomatoes. The the, the much more nuanced one would one, one might say Metacritic has it, you know, at a failing grade. And that that is where we take exception, folks. Mm-hmm. Entertainment justice will be served. Uh, you know, okay, the best review suggests that Bruce Willis is the film's true fifth element. Uh, no, it isn't. It obviously no. isn't. It that's that's insane that's in that's insane if if any character is the true fifth element Mm -hmm. it's obviously chris tucker's obviously rod yes we'll get there like 100 percent. what i was gonna say agreed you know the the better reviews acknowledge that oh like he he made a pretty pretty brassy sci-fi film i'm sure people will be you know imitating it and referencing it for for time to come some people just dissed luke besson's directing Okay. <laughs> Owen Lieberman at Entertainment Weekly. Besson may not be a good director, exactly, but he's a wizard at retrofitting cliches. <laughs> oh, come oh, on. Oh, oh my. Yeah, what the New York Times reviewer, which was not not A.O. Scott, not our nemesis, suggested that Chris Tucker is flat out incomprehensible. Okay, that is that is untrue. Fundamentally is- untrue fundamentally untrue i'm starting to be concerned about the people they tap at the new york times to watch beautiful brilliant films yeah um there was a a zinger of a review um by the herald sun um the brains behind the fifth element would have been better off adding a sixth element common sense to the plot oh sick burn Mm -hmm. sick elemental burn Allowing it to form a bridge between the film's fantastic visual appeal and its ramshackle plot. So it is, this movie is beautiful. It is like different and gorgeous and bright and like interesting to look at. Um, Yeah, but I I don't know. I think, you know, plots, the plot's great. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> the plot is it's, deeply flawed. The plot, the plot is, is totally comprehensible and doesn't uh, kind of do women wrong at all. So perfect. Good. <laughs> the plot makes Jupiter Ascending seem like <laughs> some sort of Shakespearean <laughs> achievement. Yeah. Wait, I never thought of it the first time I watched it. I loved all the beats. I wasn't putting time into that. I was just... My love of this movie comes from being 14 when I watched it and yeah, it being course. the late 90s and me not being allowed to watch rated R movies. Yeah. yeah. So the the limitations of the things that I was able to see that were like action and more importantly, women doing action. Yes. Like if you look at a list of the movies that are up, you know, Aliens, that that, that came out, you know, late 70s, but that's rated R. Amber couldn't yeah. watch that. No, not Long Kiss Goodnight came out in 96, year before this one, rated R. Amber couldn't watch that. There really weren't a lot of options to see, like, holy shit, that's a woman. And oh my gosh, this is like sci-fi, although sci-fi fantasy. It's, yes, for it's, sure. It's not even playing fast and loose with science. It's just like, I don't know, magic. <laughs> yep. If it's the future and science has progressed enough, it's magic at this point, right? Yeah, pretty much. You don't have to explain anything? Excellent. Future magic. I hadn't seen anything like this. Like, this is essentially a live-action cartoon made for 
young adults. It's, it's, it's violent enough that you're like, ooh, ooh, this seems wrong, ooh, but it's PG-13, there's not enough blood. I'm seeing mm-hmm. lots of people die, but not really seeing them die. Yeah. And most of them are wearing rubber alien suits. <laughs> so they're not even people. Yeah, exactly. And just big, expansive set pieces and plastic and bright colors. It is, it is truly a 90s vision of the future. And just actors just chewing the scenery and being <laughs> ridiculous, so all centered around Bruce Willis, who's doing, as always, Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's Bruce Willising it up like a champ. Just this, this, this calm center of almost doing nothing, surrounded by just these vibrant cartoon characters. Like, my yeah. brain was... He, he had to do... He had to be... Someone had to be the, like, calm center. Like, the... I don't know. Yeah. But even he was insane. He was also insane, yeah. Even true. he was insane. Even his motivation... Like, he, he did it all calmly, like it was reasonable and rational. But his choices? Crazy. His reactions, completely not in keeping with any version of sanity I know. But I digress. Critics' Corner. This is not a good plot movie, but I would say, I would argue that it is iconically sci-fi fantasy action at a time when we didn't have a lot of that to choose from. And woman in the center being a badass. Yes. Yes. And then, of course, we watched it now. And we're able to pick up on some very upsetting parts of like, oh, I mean, Milijovic, Lilu is in the center of this, except is she? And is she actually kind of being an autonomous person or is she kind of essentially an object? so hard to watch this as an adult. I know. Oh, not hard. I still love it. I I still love it. I still love so much about it. But... Mm -hmm. I do see the the big glaring problems that, that quite literally fly in the, well, not literally fly in the face. I'm not having words flying in the face of my past <laughs> self loving something. And I, I really hate that I almost said that, mm-hmm. but they not literally fly in the face. <laughs> I wish, I wish, Amber, Amber, I wish there was a word for not literally. I wish they would just come up with a word for it. <laughs> Oh, well, maybe, maybe next year. You got you to get grammar on me right now? You got to get, you got to get diction no, on I'm, me? No, I'm just wishing that. You want to thesaurus me? I'm wishing that Oxford would come up with a word that means not literally. I'm just upset at the, the, the smallness of language sometimes. The smallness of language? Mm-hmm. You heard me. Now we're both in the wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so it was not literally funny. What I was you? trying to say was all of the things that I loved about this movie as a kid, one of the main things was Lilu. Yes. Yeah. And now now she's just kind of this, oh yeah. No, that that wasn't what I thought it was. That was not nearly as good as I thought it was at the time because I just didn't have anything better to compare it to. Yeah. Critics this is not a failing grade. And for the most part, it isn't. I mean, Rotten Tomatoes has it about right. I would almost say maybe it's not uh, critical enough if you you have it mid-70s. And here's the thing. that th- This is the thing that we often find is that, you know, the the critics that I've read, 
you know, call it, I mean, the, the seeing the plot's a little bit um, ramshackles, fine. Um, but saying <laughs> it's like, you know, garish or outlandish or sensory overload, okay, maybe that's also true. But like, that's not what's wrong with it. No, that's what's right with it. That's, that's what's, what's oh right so with sweetly it. right with it. And I did not, in my, listen, listen, I scanned these snippets of critics for mm-hmm. a minute or two and Due not one of right them there. said anything about kind of this this feeling that like oh sure you've got a woman in the lead um hypothetically um but like she is not really her own person and she was made by these aliens to like <laughs> to be the savior but like she doesn't, she has to have somebody else, namely a, a Corbin Dallas man, like help her do it. Yeah, make turns her out she's powered it. by Dick. Like she's she's yeah. not actually capable of functioning on her own at the end of the day. Yeah, which is like no no, and that's that's often my problem with critics is like they nobody mentions that shit. Like even the there's reviews that um. Uh, especially in 2017, it was 20 years after the movie was made. A lot of people re-reviewed it, and um, yeah, they, even then they don't mention kind of this this very big problem with it. Exactly, and that is that is kind of ultimately what it comes down to for me is that it, that it it, it makes all of those those the, that signaling of oh 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 it's a woman. We all assumed that when they said the supreme being, it would be a man, but as soon as we resurrect it from a couple of cells after it was destroyed it's oh it's a beautiful woman oh wow they really did make her perfect yeah because mm-hmm. we see her naked multiple times well they see her naked the camera camera makes her we don't don't see all the things but she is naked way more than anyone else because well they made her perfect so we should see we should see that mm-hmm. and then there, there's all of this this kind of again signaling towards Oh well, she's she's the ultimate weapon. Oh, she's she's the supreme being. Oh, she she can take care of herself. She'll protect Corbin. She doesn't need Corbin Dallas. And then I I actually, to me, I'm like, oh yeah, this is a badass movie with a lot of action scenes. Turns out, you get like an hour into the movie before you really get anything more than a CGI car chase. Yeah. And yep. And Lilu has one fight scene. She's when she's resurrected, she runs away, which is a cool scene. We, we can talk about that. But she has one very kind of slapstick hand-to-hand fight scene with a bunch of rubber aliens. And then a dude shows up with a gun, shoots around her, and she's done. She's done. She's out. She's, she's done for the rest of the movie. And she needs Corbin Dallas to yep. save her and love her. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, that is not how I remember it. I do not no. remember it that way. I remember her being cooler than him and more dangerous and just just so cool and nah she she just she has one moment and then she wilts like a flower in the desert and he never sees her at her like at her like kick-ass best which is 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 kind of disappointing so i feel like in his eyes she never is the like i don't know at some point he says like oh lilu how do you always get yourself into trouble like this it's like because she just kicked all those aliens butts and and you, but you didn't see any of that, so you just think she's like hiding in an event or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yep. If I wasn't here, oh my gosh, what would happen to you? Mm-hmm. And which means that the person he's falling in love with 
is somebody who he it's sees who as is. physically attractive and that he is constantly having to save from mortal peril. Yep. He, he doesn't actually ever meet Lilu as as we're presented her like this, this like totally fully capable of beating him into submission if she wanted to person who's also yep. fiercely intelligent and yet like fiercely intelligent enough to teach herself how to read and understand English in 0.2 seconds, but then spends the rest of the movie speaking broken English. Mm -hmm. He knows her as beautiful, needs to be saved, broken English girl. Right. Yep. That That's what he fell in love with. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Oh, a bummer. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I know. Yeah. But hey, at least 14-year-old Amber just latched on to the, the idealized version of this movie. Yeah. Badass yeah. female protagonist. And I watched it so many times. <laughs> and and like you said, it was 1997 and we didn't have very much of this. So it was nice to see at that point. So good. Not a lot to choose from for little tween, tween bambers. And it, this was delightful and it's still glorious. But it definitely lets me down a lot more than I remember it. All right. Well, Critics Corner, I mean... Rotten Tomatoes got it right. Metacritic, what? Come on. Come on, guys. You got it right for the wrong reasons, though. And you got it yes. wrong for the wrong reasons. Yes. So, great. So you're just wrong all the time. How mm -hmm. does that feel? <laughs> well, Megan. Mm-hmm, Amber. You gave an excellent description of this movie. Uh, very, Beautiful summary. Very succinct and very intelligible. Yes, go on. Agreed. And I absolutely did not interrupt you repeatedly. I want to give my... Having watched this... Again, with, um, okay, not exactly fresh eyes. I, I think we defined what those were, and I, I we, certainly we do not have them. Mine yeah. are stanky old eyes at this point. <laughs> They've been sullied many a time. Ooh, they are riddled with disease. But <laughs> even, even so. You, you okay there? <laughs> yep, just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, his eyes have been ridden hard and put up wet. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so upsetting. <laughs> do you have a summary for me? You're, you're I do. Amber? I do. I do have a summary for summary? you, mm -hmm. my friend. Okay, so what this movie is, it's about bashing religion. This is an anti-organized religion movie, and let me tell you why. Please do. We start in the desert. Some earlier time when, you know, essentially we have an archaeologist deciphering, you 1914. Know, sure. That seems like a time in the past. Thank you. <laughs> an archaeologist with like a suit jacket, but like short pants is deciphering yes. hieroglyphics with, with Luke Perry for reasons. With Luke fucking Perry. With Luke fucking Perry. Yes. Yes to this. Thank you for this. I, I'm glad it exists. There's that whole Aziz light moment. If you watch the movie, you under understand it. It's iconic and hilarious. In walks a priest. He's like, oh no, they've almost deciphered the sacred text. I guess I'm going to have to poison them now. I'm like, where the fuck have you been? <laughs> you, you have you one job. Protect this place, this one place, and apparently keep humans from figuring out the story. Yep. And he's been, like, they know his name. He's been there before. Yeah. Like... What has he been doing that's been stopping oh, them? Oh, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't go in there. Oh, oh, you went in there. Oh, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't read that stuff. Oh, they're reading it. Oh, oh no. they're reading the stuff. What do I do if they read the stuff? I guess I kill them. Yeah, 
Guess I poisoned them. Guess I poisoned them. And then he fails to effectively poison them. And then his alien overlords show up and he's like, I was just about to kill him. I'm, I was, they, they almost discovered the secret, but I was going to stop. I was, I was going to make it stop. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. like, don't worry about it, dude. We don't expect you to be competent. We're just taking the whole weapon uh, off earth. There's going to be a war. Don't worry about it. And they're like, well, here's a key. Um, you need to be here to open it up when we come back. That's it's all you have to do. In, in 300 years, evil will return. We'll come back and you just, you open the door. That's all you got to do. You got that, right? You can open a door, right? <laughs> He's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. He shouts at the ship as it leaves. They can't hear you. <laughs> they cannot. Cut to 300 liters later. We have a new priest. Same of the same order. And he's he's there to smugly inform the U.S. president. I think he might be the world president, but he's very clearly the U.S. president. Mm-hmm. That, oh, you know, that giant flaming planet-sized thing that just killed your army guys? That's the ultimate evil. Don't worry. It shows up every 5,000 years. But, you know, the Monachiwan, they're going to show up in a spaceship, bring the weapon, bing, bang, boom, we're done. Yep. Easy peasy. It's cool. It's, it's, it's evil. Don't worry about it. It's just, it's just evil. You, I, I don't have, I, I'm not going to answer your questions. Like, it's just, it's evil. I'm smug about it. I know things that you don't. Oh, no, the, pl- like, the ship gets blown up with the stones and the fifth element in it. And he throws in the towel. He's like, well, life is done. I'm not going to follow up. Guess, guess, <laughs> guess my, my one shining time to shine has passed me by. <laughs> and he goes home, I guess. I his, guess. his sole purpose for existing and he's well okay guess i'm guess i'm gonna go home luckily corbin dallas happens to get lilu after she is they, they they manage to recreate her from some living cells of a severed hand gotten from the wreckage yes cool scene very cool scene very cool scene it's like a disc jigsaw puzzle putting together like the the skeleton and the the muscle and the tissue and then yep. they bombard it with greasy particles which apparently makes skin because science <laughs> yeah which is science yeah mm-hmm. he shows up with this naked dirty woman who is mm-hmm. basically naked because they put on thermal bandages yeah uh-huh so she's naked. Yeah, I mean it's it's you know not unlike in Resident Evil when she was wearing her her paper out medical outfit. These exactly, were yeah. yeah bandages as outfit. Yes, they covered just enough to just not be nudity. Enough, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's unconscious. She's filthy. She's basically naked. The priest opens the door. He's like, "Weddings are on the next floor." Dude, she's filthy and unconscious. And you're just like, yeah, why don't you make that woman your bride? Clearly she's into it. (laughs) Bad priest. He figures out she's the fifth element. How he does not know that she's a she? I don't... What do you know? What is your job? You... you, What is your job? What... Have you read the scriptures? Are there scriptures? What do you do? Yeah, good question. After this, he's, you know, helping her learn stuff. Blah, blah, blah. We need to get the stones. I don't know where they are. She knows where they are. Okay, cool. We have to get to this planet. We can't get to this planet. How do we get to this planet? Well, the literal only way to get to this planet is to assault a contest winner. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And steal his tickets. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, that's the only way you can get to that planet. There so you go. So we do that. <laughs> cool. And then, hey, you only have two tickets, so I'm going to send my completely incapable apprentice instead of going myself to do my one duty in this life. Yeah. And then I'm going to get wasted. Immediately, I'm going to get drunk at the airport as soon as I put this plan into motion. Yep. Because fuck it. I know he can't do it, so I'm just going <laughs> to sit here and drink till the the creation explodes. Exactly. 
And then when his apprentice shows up at the bar, he's like, oh shit, oh shit, I gotta get on the plane. He gets onto the plane, immediately gets captured, does nothing. Gets to the place where the stones are with Corbin and Lilu, but ultimately serves no fucking purpose. He's just along for the ride, I guess. And then after all of that shit happens, we can talk about it. They wind up back in the Egyptian desert. Okay. All right. Here's his time to finally shine. Here it is, Megan. Yep. How, do, how does the weapon work? Uh, oh, oh, I don't, I don't know. Oh. I think you put the put the stones in the thing, um, and then she she stands there. Um, hey, unconscious Lilu, do you know how these stones work? Because I don't know. I don't actually know. I have no idea how this works. So, well, I guess I'm out. Yep. Guess 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 we're done again. Priest, priest out. Oh, the one other thing I can think of him doing is that he confronts Gary Oldman's yes. Zorg. Uh huh. Yep. Not only must he have told Zorg enough information to know how and when the stones were being delivered, and thereby directly causing the death of that entire right. ship of his Zorg, alien gods. Yeah, Zorg came to ask, interview the priest, I think some sort of like, I don't know, yeah, he, he, he got information earlier from the priest. And just like you said, like, so the priest caused this shit to happen. He's- I mean, he- the worst does any no does anyone else on the planet know what the stones are other than the priest no doesn't seem like it but somehow zorg got information on them maybe the ancient evil told him but then why would he have had to go talk to the priest in the first place right so the priest's one job mm -hmm. well sorry essentially his main job protect the secret failed to do that with the one person gave an interview apparently <laughs> smug bastard <laughs> And then when the guy calls him back into his office, he's like, oh, yeah, I remember you. Why are you doing this? You know, evil is bad and good is good. And Zorg gives this amazing speech mm -hmm. and then chokes. Yep. And the priest, instead of either letting him die for the greater yeah. good, since he's he does demonstrate later in the movie that the ends certainly do justify the means when he uh -huh. knocks Corbin unconscious. Right. Or saving him immediately because apparently all life is precious. Mm-hmm. He instead gives him this smug speech As and then saves his life. Yeah. He's yeah. a really he's a really bad priest. Yeah. He's like this order of priests has gotten so fucking soft. Like at least the guy, like incompetent as he was in killing what's his name and Luke Perry, he did try. He did, he try, did try to poison them. If yep. they had been choking on a cherry, he would have let them die, I think. It, it would have hurt him deeply. He, he was wouldn't not have happy. enjoyed it. No. He was not happy about the murder. But he, yeah, he, he but definitely. He, yep. Yeah. So, yeah, no, this, this, this priestal order has just gotten, got soft. Yep. And then you have to ask yourself, if the weapon is dick powered, shouldn't that also be in the scriptures? <laughs> you would think so. You would think that just the, their sole focus would be, okay, when she wakes up, she's going to be horny. So we need to find someone to really give her that good D yeah. so that she'll mm -hmm. do her zappy zap thing right. and save all of creation. Mm -hmm. what, what happened 5,000 years ago? Like what happened the first time? Here's my question, Amber. Do you think maybe, maybe... Maybe we're doing this. Maybe maybe we're doing this movie just a little bit dirty. Maybe. So one of the reason that Lilu goes into her um, like just deep down, essentially give up kind of depression 
depression is because she reads Sorry, her, about her semi-conscious to unconscious depression. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like her 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 Im- immobilizing depression um, is that she reads about war and she reads about weapons and she read like she realizes that the um, human species uh is really fucked up and terrible and awful to each other and so i can't disagree with that yeah and so like maybe maybe if she'd come back you know maybe if she hadn't seen that do you think she could have worked as her weapon self if she still had like faith and love in in the in the human species and it's like love of you know life but then that, since that was corrupted, she had to find love of the D. Okay, okay, you know, okay, respect to pretzeling. Let me, let, let's, 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 let's take it down the rabbit hole. She was made to be a weapon to fight the ultimate evil for mm-hmm. all of the universe. Mm-hmm. And in learning about human history, she decided, I don't think I want to save the entire universe. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay, yes. If... If she was built to be perfect, she is the supreme being, she is a generated weapon, they, their references are made to the fact that they made her. I don't know who they are. Maybe the Monachi one? I don't know. Maybe it was metallic space armadillos. I don't know. Somebody made her to be perfect, to be a weapon to protect life. And and, and she says very specifically, while well, she's semi-conscious, and be like, I don't want to work. I don't know how to work. I just don't want to save anybody. And Corbin's like, but what about love? Love is worth saving. I don't know love. I was built to protect. I don't know love. If they built her, then they should have known this flaw existed and they should have had a fail safe of, okay, here's your love buddy. Yes, you woke up from your snoozles. Also, is she just hibernating? Yeah, for 5,000. Yeah. Like, yeah. So like, does she go right back to sleep after this? And then for 5,000 years? Yeah. And there was no war 5,000 years ago? Because I'm pretty sure humans have had that built-in flaw from day one. Yeah, fair. And and I guess you could argue, okay, maybe she couldn't access all of human history so easily because the technology didn't exist. But then she also was, was made by super intelligent and evolved space lords. Mm-hmm. So I love this story so much. There's so <laughs> many holes. There's so many beautiful, beautiful holes to just mm-hmm. drive a tank through. Yeah. Yeah, so the priest is, uh, um, the priest played by uh, Ian Holm is worthless. He's worthless. <laughs> he's not a good person, and he's bad at his job. <laughs> Religion is worth. That was my mom's when I, I was describing the plot to her. She's just like, why don't they then just when she wakes up, they just have her pick a go- a dude and you know feel good about herself mm-hmm. or a if lady. She's- or, or a lady. Have or just her pick a person. a person. I'm sorry. Just because mm-hmm. it was a dude this time, I'm, I'm not presupposing that yeah. the perfect being would be heterosexual. I think we both know that she wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Supreme being, obviously pansexual. Well, obviously. If you reach perfection, then you don't limit your selection. You do not. They should just, they should just, they should have, have the buddy there for her. Like, so she can bond so that you can make sure that she's, you know, ready to do her laser thingy. Yeah. Or... As soon as you activate the stones, she should just kick in. It shouldn't be choice. Yeah. It should not be choice-based unless you're prepared to make sure she's in a good headspace to work. Although she was supposed to be, I mean, she was supposed to be right next to the weapon, right? So maybe usually that's what happens. But this time they took her away. Oh, you think you think right? the fact that she was conscious at all was the problem? That is what I'm saying. I'm saying, why do we even let the supreme being 
walk around have have even that much autonomy i mean they probably didn't in the past she was completely she was in a she was basically a statue when they removed her Mm. in 1914 yeah Eh, disturbing indeed anywho i did i did like when mom asked so so who does mila jovovich play i'm like that is the question she is the fifth element um oh she's a weapon she's the supreme being and she's a lust object so -hmm. that's her character yeah, uh, she's perfect. and she's adorable, and she's just she's and just she's adorable. Like, like right. So, so to like back up from like that. I mean, you're absolutely right about all of that, but like, she's also so much fun to watch and <sighs> like very funny. And um, she speaks divine, the language divine, mm. um, which apparently she and uh, and uh, Luke Basson actually um, came up with like a 400 word language, like language that they used to like speak to each other and write letters to each other in this divine language that's adorable which is fantastic and so nerdy uh-huh. yes absolutely it is the priest can translate the priest can translate that's true that's true he can translate a divine language which is useful for the five minutes it takes her to learn the english language yes yeah because she's also super intelligent mm-hmm. yep she, she is has- the they do have her play Lilu with this, you know, naive childlike wonder as she's, you know, discovering life, essentially. And so it's, it is very cute and very cool. And it's, she starts out kind of feral when she breaks out of the lab. Mm-hmm. That scene. The idea that, okay, making her cool effects shot, it's just a room filled with dudes yep. staring at an unconscious naked woman. Mm-hmm. And then the general in the room who knows she's the survivor of a crash of a ship that is literally going to save the universe. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so after asking if the tube is indestructible, then goes to taunt, bully, and threaten her immediately, rather yeah. than asking her questions or treating her like the survivor of a violent encounter. Mm-hmm. Or treating her like a rebuilt... No, she wasn't a survivor. She was a rebuilt entity of, like, she I already died. have future brain, Megan. They called her a survivor and I choose to believe them. Yeah, she, she blew up. She blew up with all the people she knew. Yeah, and, and instead taunts her. Then she just just assesses the situation perfectly, realizes that the key card she needs is the thing he's dangling in front of her. So she punches through the unbreakable grass, glass, grabs the key card, knocks him out. And the room fills with security people and you think, oh, we're going to get a fight scene. Mm-hmm. fuck no she's too smart for that shit she's like oh, i can just jump through the wall and just bypass the fight scene i know i can kick their butts i don't have to prove it to you or anyone else yeah exactly which leads to being outside of a building and jumping into corbin's car and then saying help me yes i like that bruce willis's character he's you know he's uh, he's, he's not living a good life he's living a sad life he's driving a cab he used to be a fancy army guy he doesn't want to help her. It's not like the call to action is like, yes. hey, beautiful woman, you can't speak English. I like it. Mm-hmm. I'll help you. It's, she says, help me. He continues to ignore her. The thing that seems to set him off, mm-hmm. the, his call to action is quite literally the cops saying, thank you for your cooperation. <laughs> yep. <laughs> It's almost like he really didn't care about helping her or the fact that she was beautiful or anything else. It was like, oh, right. I have an issue with authority. I hate authority. (laughs) Fuck this shit. (laughs) And he drives off with her. Yeah. Drives off with her. 
And then you think it's going to be, you know, a normal car chase because, of course, she's the survivor of a crash, the victim of an attack, and she is the only one who might know where the stones are and how to save the universe. So, of course, the cops go, well, we can't read his plates, so he must be a car thief, so we can kill him. And then they just shoot the crap out of his cab. Mm -hmm. The future is a dark place when you can just kill a car thief. Yep. I mean, the the present's a dark place. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, Yeah. I suppose he does get a sense of, of Lilu's, like, strength and conviction when she wakes up, though. Like, after he, he she's falls unconscious in the cab, she's had a rough day, he gets her to the priest, he lays her on the couch, she's still unconscious, and he kisses her. Because no. Because no. It, it's some sort of, like, sleeping beauty, snow white bullshit. Like, Fucking male fantasies. Gross. Just gross. Mm-hmm. And then he immediately gets his own gun pressed to his temple. Yep. And she is, like, very seriously saying something that he can't understand, but it seems really clear that he's not on her good side. Yeah, never without my permission. Indeed. The priest translates for him. He's like, yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I, shouldn't I thought. shouldn't have kissed her. No, you shouldn't have kissed <laughs> no. an unconscious woman. Maybe don't, un- don't kiss unconscious people. What are you doing? You do deserve a gun to your head. Ugh. And she's just learning things and making chicken and eating chicken and saying, chicken, good. (laughs) She eats like two whole chickens. Like, it's great. It's so great. And then she's like, okay, so this is the part of the podcast where we just start saying adorable things that happen in this movie that we love. So um, she's like reading through the, like, essentially Wikipedia. And, you know, she started with <laughs> with letter A and now she's on whatever letter. And um, but then she's talking about the priest about like where the stones are. And you've got this really fun intercut of like, okay, by the way, Zorg is played by Gary Ullman, who is like... Oh. Th- fantastic like an, like an evil colonel sanders <laughs> yep it's just... just southern and puckish like the way he holds his mouth and just this sort of like amused just oh yeah and with, just with like ludicrously a, evil yeah with like a like a side undercut with plastic on his head space plastic anywho space plastic yep beautiful um he, he is he's trying to find the stones and um we get him like getting the suitcase with the stones intercut with her talking to the priest about the stones and then him opening the the <laughs> the um, the suitcase and her just cut to her just laughing hysterically because the stones aren't in the suitcase don't be ridiculous she gave them to a, a trusted diva who's going to keep them for her well, technically, the Monachiwan did that. She has no agency in this. You're right. She's she's just the Good weapon point. here. She's mm-hmm. just the merchandise and the tech. Yeah, it is. It is great. You're just she's speaking in the divine language. The priest is translating for his apprentice. You're seeing Zorg with the Mangalores, the mercenaries yeah, Mangalores, yep. that he hired to to get the stones. He opens the case and then back to to Mila Jovovich, going ah. <laughs> There's some good intercutting of of scenes like that, where you're telling kind of the two stories at once while they're happening, trying to like subvert your expectations of what's going to happen in each of the different little vignettes. Yeah, it's pretty good. Exactly. Exactly. 
Yeah, it's... They're really only two types of aliens other than the diva. You've got the Monachiwan, who seem to just be metallic space armadillos, and then you have the Mangalores, who are like shape-shifting rubber dudes who you can pretend aren't alive so that it's not sad when they die. Right, yeah. And the Mangalores are supposed to be like with honor and mercenaries and kind of dumb. And Zorg is great. <laughs> Gary Oldman's speeches, his evil, unctuous speeches. I think the first time we see him... You know, uh, an employee comes to him and is like, oh, we need to fire 500,000 people because of the economy. And he's like, fire one million. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 And they, obviously the stones aren't in the box, so the Mangalores don't. He, he was g- giving them crates of weapons. And he's like, you don't get anything. You're supposed to give me four stones. You're going to get four crates. No no stones, no crates. And the Mangalores are like, we need to be compensated. And he's like, fine, you can have a crate. Cool. And he gives this beautiful demonstration of the weapon. There's a flamethrower. There's a, there's exploding crossbow bolts. There's a gun, net. Like, there's a net. There's, if you shoot something, it, it has like bullet replays. So yes. No matter where you shoot, it's, it's like a Borderlands gun. Oh, it's definitely a Borderlands gun for sure. Why haven't they made that? They may have. They probably have. In fact, I think there is a gun that has bullet replay. There's is definitely one of that. The yes, Atlas that's... guns. Yeah. 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 It's, we're nerds. It's a, a lot of the, like, a lot of the, the guns in this are so, they're so plasticky and so cartoony and over the top. So the, it's the, it's a cartoon. They're this, Borderlands this guns, yeah. And, you know, his, his employee's talking to him. He's like, oh, why did you capitulate? He's like, you know, that's, I, I just don't, I don't like people who, who fight for causes. You know, it's, but a real killer, like a dyed-in-the-wall killer, they would have asked about the little red button on the bottom of that gun. And this is, I think this might be the first time where you hear the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do <laughs> music in the background. Which happens, it's so good. It's, oh, it's about to get it's really a, cartoony, It's eh? a caper, everybody. It's a <laughs> cartoonish shenanigans are going to happen. What's, what's about to, what shenanigans are about to happen? Oh, oh, it blows them up. Oh, my. Okay. It's, oh, they're all dead. They're all dead. Oh, that was a very large explosion. And he did not move far away from that room. He wanted to know when it happened, and he, but he didn't look at it. Did not. He didn't did look not. at it. Cool guy doesn't look at the explosion that he indirectly created. And that, of course, sets up the whole push for the stones. So, yes. of course, Lilu knows the stones are on Flosten Paradise, which is a, a planet far away. Apparently, the person they entrusted the stones to didn't get the memo about the ultimate evil being here now yeah Mm -hmm. so they're very far from earth so of course they have to go to her but of course she's a diva and she's performing so it's sold out and no one can get there and it's not like the fate of the universe is at stake because otherwise you could you know i don't know make a plane go there right so the only way for the government i guess they have to do it quietly because clearly someone's after the stones and they don't want to alert them to that so they send one guy instead of lots and lots of guys to make sure it happens and of course, he's retired. And of course, he's the only surviving member of his elite unit, which makes me wonder how good they really were. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, who could this person be, Amber? I think it might be Bruce Willis. Whoa, you don't Thank say. Goodness, it's Corbin Dallas. But of course, they can't just make somebody who was going to Flost in Paradise give up their ticket. No, they rig a radio contest so, so that he wins it. Convoluted. <laughs> And he has to go undercover, and then he, that's when the whole priest stealing the tickets, and then he winds up going with Lilu anyway, 
thing happens. But then the doo-doo-doos come up mm-hmm. while that's taking place. And the general's there telling him his mission. And they all die in his refrigerator while he's flirting with Lilu because he says that he's going to marry her. And the general's like, well, we'd love to help you out, but where are we going to hide? It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. And I, I just like in a, in a, in a, a thinking about just the set, like the set pieces here, you just get, I just want to say like, so Corbin Dallas lives in this like little like kind of studio apartment. Um, but the little like future touches they do are just so cool. Like he's got a bed that like, they're cool slash ridiculous. He's got a bed that kind of like tucks itself away and like wraps itself in plastic every time. He can like his showers above his refrigerator, which moves up and down. Um, he can open his window and have like a food cart come to him. There's just like the world that is built in this movie is it's just great. It's, it's I don't know. It's just there's a lot of oh, yeah. really cool touches to it. It's, it's it's kind of got an industrial, filthy, plastic future vibe to it. That's 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 pretty cool. The music too is this weird mix of like '90s industrial sounds plus poppy techno. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot of other little touches. It's kind of like um, one of the things people talk about Star Wars is like the little touches where like they're playing a chess game and the chess like. Uh, uh, pieces go and eat each other and there's like this like there's no reason for that that was just like a fun little touch they did and there's a few of those in here which I can think of like there's a um uh an assistant who's like doing their nails and like just puts their nails in this little like machine thing and like it changed the color of the nails and it's like mm-hmm. a blue creature rug thing, like a bear rug, except it's a creature. Oh um, yeah, in the in the luxury hotel room. Yep. Yeah, the 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 like spaceship that Corbin, Dallas, and Lilu go on to uh, to get to the stones. Um, they just for no reason, well, kind of no reason, are showing <laughs> the showing the um, like wheels of the plane and uh, them like getting critters out of it and exchanging the fuel core and it's i don't know there's like just a like fun little kind of lived in touches to the movie that that are like fun and out there and so on the spaceship uh to floss in paradise amber we have gone too long without talking about ruby rod that's because the movie goes on too long before it gets to ruby rod it's chris tucker he is playing a like talk show host who is has his like he's he's very popular people like fawn all over him and he's he's so much and yet he also seems like he would be a tiktok star like he seems like pretty much on par for like somebody today like they're kind of making fun of it but that's what life is today too Mm -hmm. an influencer a personality and someone who can kind of like do anything say anything and believe their own bullshit so hard that it works he's in this skin tight onesie his hair is ridiculous and incredible and and just like changes all the time from his head like a unicorn in the first scene Mm mm-hmm He's got a cane. He's talking a mile a minute. It's fantastic. And I love him. And he's so much. He just, he is the second he shows up, he sucks up everything. Yep. He's just, 
He is your sole focus. He is prancing. He's flirting. He's mixing in advertisements and just, oh my gosh. Oh my, it's, you're almost exhausted in, in the five minutes to see on the screen first. Yep. And of course, he's in the movie because Bruce Willis won a radio contest. And part of the radio contest is being with Ruby Rod during mm -hmm. his broadcast. Yep. It all makes perfect sense. Obviously. He's amazing. Yeah. He's amazing. And, and, okay, okay. It could easily, easily pass into grossness with his excessive flirtation and carnal appetites. But it kind of doesn't because the women are into it. And the one scene you see is oral sex. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like he's just, you know, banging a flight attendant, you know, in a bathroom all gross-like. He's about pleasing her. Like, that's, there's something kind of great about that. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. It's like, you yeah, yes. Sorry, go. No, you don't see, like, oral sex, like, the, the cunnilingus type on film almost ever. No, you really, you really don't. And in like a PG-13 movie, he's supposed to be this crazy out there sex symbol that kind of really honestly throws off kind of a pansexual, not, not even like necessarily masculine gendered personality. Like he is great. I, I would believe he would just as likely hook up with Corbin. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. I believe it. And I love that so much. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like, okay, he's, uh, okay, he's gonna bang a flight attendant, but no, he, he, he goes down on her. And that's what it is. The scene is him going down on her and going, oh, Mr. Rod. And he, him coming back up and going, you can call me Ruby. And then going back going down. Going back down. Mm -hmm. Going back down to finish the good, good job he's doing. Yep. Like, it's just, there's something so unexpectedly delightful about that. Yep. I love him. I will not apologize for loving him. Is he necessary to the plot? Not at all. He's quite literally just beautiful rainbow colors streaming out of the screen into your eyeballs yeah so good apparently um luke Besson wanted prince for this role but uh got prince turned him down i mean you can see that in the aesthetic that they put him in yes mm -hmm. and in kind of the overt, overt like sexuality and mm -hmm. kind of like carnal aspects but oh prince would not have nearly blown up the screen as much as as chris ducker does mm -hmm. and this movie is ultimately a cartoon yes yeah absolutely prince, prince is not a cartoon I know, I, I just, I love this movie so much. We have to, we have to keep going with the scenes. I'm sorry, I can't help it. Be especially <laughs> because they somehow orchestrate it so that we all leave Earth to go and get the stones. All of the conflict follows because, of course, the Mangalore assassins now want the stones because they're mad about Zorg blowing up their friends. Zorg needs the stones because the ultimate evil absorbed a bunch of satellites and called him on the phone to say, hey, where are my stones at? And he's like, I'm going to get them, but I'm going to need more money. And the dude's like, it doesn't matter. Money means nothing. <laughs> I feel like you should have some follow-up questions as to why money means nothing. Yeah, and like, wh why, why, um, does he truly not understand that giving the, letting the, pure evil win means the end of all creation because like what does money mean if everything's if everything's nothing? gone it's an excellent question megan i don't have an answer for you now we have everybody going to get the stones we arrive and flossed in paradise we get some more gorgeous ruby rod stuff we see some great polynesian appropriation on mm. some an alien cruise ship yes we go to yeah. a planet to be on a cruise ship wow there's gonna be a concert 
And the diva goes to Lilu. Sorry, not the diva. The diva's entourage. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So cool. I love the costumes. I wish we got more of them. I wish we got more of them. And the one lady who actually has speaking lines and talks to Lilu. Oh my gosh, do I love everything about her. Yeah, she's amazing. She's gorgeous. Her outfit is awesome. Her makeup is fantastic. I just, everything about her is amazing. Yeah, tattooed, shaved head, gorgeous, just, yeah. One of the few people we see murdered, also one of a handful of people of color in the movie. Yeah, yep. She lets her know the diva knows you're here. She'll give you the stones after the concert. Of course, it's not like we have a ticking clock. Um, We definitely do. It's not like we don't know when the evil is coming. The priest, the one piece of information that the priest seemed to have was, okay, now that the ultimate evil has shown up, we'll have 48 hours. Uh Why? Because the movie has to happen. Well, no, because it has to acclimate to our atmosphere. Right. In the void of space. Sure. It needs to get its bearings, obviously, after being so sleepy for 5,000 years. Yep, and it needs exactly 48 hours. That was in the scriptures. Yeah, I know all of that. I do not know how the weapon works. Not at all. Not in the least. Mm -hmm. Or even how the stones work. But hey, ticking clock. Yes. But we're going to wait until after the concert. Obviously. Mangalores, when they show up, also going to wait to attack after the concert. Well, it's so... Amber, don't you want to see this concert? Come on. I really do. I love this concert. Mm Mm-hmm. I love this big blue woman singing opera beautifully, and then suddenly it goes into this like techno opera. Yeah. That coincides with Lilu kicking the crap out of some Mangalores with yes. her bare hands. It's fantastic. I am yeah, on board. I don't really care good. what weird plot devices you put into place to make it happen. Yeah. I I'm I'm for it. Yeah. So a couple things about this. So apparently a, everybody's faces when they showed them um, in the audience uh, when the, the diva came out were real? genuine because they yeah. hadn't seen her before. You and, can tell. Yeah. You can tell. Like, their faces are just such open awe. Yeah. It's so good. And um, the uh, uh, woman who actually did the singing part, not not the actress who, uh, actor who pr- portrays them on the screen, but the singer... Um, when uh, she looked at the the kind of music, she kind of smiled and was like, "This is not possible. <laughs> like, you can't change your, you can't change that range in your voice that quickly, something like that." Um, so they actually uh recorded it at you know, they mixed it essentially. So she recorded yes. all the notes, but they had to remix it to actually make it happen because it was unsingable by a human voice <laughs> indeed yeah the second half of that song goes up and down in places yeah but the first part that's that's all i mean technically yes. it's all her but the, yes, the first for sure. it's first part was gorgeous it made me want to listen to opera like i had yeah. that song and yeah. i listened to that song ah, awesome uh, can i tell you talking about this movie makes me want to watch it again <laughs> it really does i love this movie i love this movie so much yeah then then okay so you have your first actual fight scene Yes. And largely your last. The rest of it is is a gun, a pro, pro, prolonged gun battle. So we're like an hour and a half into the movie. It's a two-hour movie before you have hand-to-hand combat in a movie that I considered an action movie. Yes. And then this this long gun battle between Corbin Dallas and the mercenary rubber aliens. After Lilu beats up the Mangalores looking for the stones in the diva's room, she is assaulted by Zorg with a gun. 
Mm-hmm. She goes into the vents and is done now. She's done. She he shot mm-hmm. around her. He maybe shot her. I don't know. Yeah, but she's done now. She's she's gonna go for sleepy times. And then the Mangalores are like, ah, oh, we've been betrayed. Somebody attacked our people, looking for the stones. So let's just take hostages. Yep. So then they 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 take over the cruise ship. Corbin, of course. I mean, he's he's Corbin. He's Corbin ready Dallas. to go. He's he's Corbin Dallas. Cor- he grabs Cor- a Mangalore. Corbin. 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 Grabs a Mangalore. Grabs Ruby. The diva gets shot because she's just standing on stage, and I think she's the only one who does get shot because no one is shooting because there's zero resistance. <laughs> yep. I think they maybe just didn't like her music. <laughs> Corbin has to talk to the diva, so he gives Ruby a gun and t- to keep the Mangalore quiet. Obviously. Uh, Ruby doesn't like it. I, it's just, Corbin, Corbin, I've got a headache. Corbin, this ain't me. <laughs> this ain't me. <laughs> this ain't me. And... He has this nice conversation with Diva, who is dying. Yeah. She is dying. Yes. So, of course, now is the time for her to give him relationship advice. Obviously. You don't understand. She's super strong, but ultimately she really is very fragile. She's going to need your strength and your love. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then she starts to die. He's like, wait, wait, hold on. Where are them stones at, girl? Yeah, where are the stones? Hey. Where are them, hey, where them stones lady. at, girl? Where's, where's the stones? And she's like, oh, in me. And then dies. So he just said, she needs your love and the stones are in me. It's going to take him a while to figure both of those riddles out. Yes. In me. In Hmm. me. In in me? In main. So M-E meaning main. So no. In me meaning. Oh. Literally in your body Mm. cavity. Got it. which in a way makes sense that she didn't want to give the stones away before she did the concert. That would probably really screw with her diaphragm. So yeah. kind of have to do vivisection and yeah. stone removal. Open, open body cavity surgery. We'll do that. Yeah. I just, I love this. Well, I'm dying. She needs you to love her. <laughs> yes. And then what, is it just Corbin saying Ruby Rod's name that surprises him? And he shoots yes. Yes. The- <laughs> He shoots the captive just he in the head. He shrieks and shoots the captive point blank in the head and then sort of pats it to try and make <laughs> it better. The head. I love Ruby Rod so hard, so hard. And then it's it's great. Manglers are taking over. U.S. government is, you know, paying attention to the situation. Like, don't worry, Corbin Dallas is there. He'll calm everything down. Instead, he shoots everything. Of course Shootings he does. Shootings and explodings and saving people and throwing things and sniping things and it's it's he eventually finds the commander of the mangalore shoots him in the head and that ends everything because it explains to us that they won't fight without a leader they don't fight without a leader yeah also most of them are dead at this point so yes yeah there's there's not that many to fight yeah it's in that you know then it's the zorg blows up the cruise ship because mm-hmm. he thinks he's gotten the stones. He does not check. Again, he finds he a box that is vaguely stone-sized, assumes that the stones are in there, and then leaves. Yeah, after planting a bomb. After planting the bomb. Like, dude, you don't know the stone. Like, you could be blowing up the stones. He realizes the stones aren't in the box, goes back to the cruise ship, disables his explosive... To then go look for the stones, but then the Mangalores, who aren't completely dead yet, mm-hmm. set off a bomb of their own, blowing themselves up as well as Zorg. So we're done with the other two prote- uh, antagonists. We're yeah. done. They blew yeah. themselves up. We're good. We're getting to the end of the movie, so it's time to time to time to, time to hurry, hurry this up. Clear, now. clear the playing fields, and now you only worry about the the 
ultimate evil that's just been kind of like chilling in some far part of the galaxy. Yeah. For the past 48 hours. Yeah. Acclimating, obviously. Um, the One of the interesting things is um, Corbin Dallas and Zorg never meet in this in the whole movie. Not once. Um, they are briefly in the same scene together when Corbin Dallas goes through one door and Zorg comes out an elevator at yes. the same time. Um, but they do not see each other. Somehow he's his antagonist, but they never meet. He also yep. never meets Lilu. That's true. Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, you know, the end yeah. happens the way, of course, it's going to happen. She learns about war. Mm -hmm. She's really sad. Yep. They figure out how to make the stones work at the last possible second. Of course they do. You obviously add the elements to the stones. Water for water, fire for fire, blah, blah, blah. You really would think that that would be really important information, just just in case of emergency. If you know how to speak the language, why don't you know that much? Like, I get it. Like, it's it's been 5,000 years. I mean, what, Christianity's 2,020 years old-ish? Is that true? Who knows? Um, who knows? Nobody ever, nobody knows this stuff. But like, <laughs> but nobody can agree on shit. And like, it's been rewritten 3,000 times and like... You know, people, uh, you know, subvert it for all kinds of reasons. Um, so with 5,000 years removed, you can see how, like, some things would be lost in translation. I mean, kind of. but Except like, for literal, literal translation, because he knows how to speak the language. <laughs> exactly. And there seems to just be one dude. They don't have followers. Yeah. It's yeah. one dude who passes it on to one other dude. You know what the problem yeah. is? It's dudes. Yeah, dudes. I mean, they made the perfect being, and it turned out to be a woman. That says something. Good point, Ember. Yeah, it's it's cool. They they activate the stones, and uh, she's like, I don't wanna. I'm barely conscious, and I don't wanna. And Corbin's like, No, but but you gotta. And and Lilo's like, I don't war. You know, I learned about war. It's it's done. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, it's not just war. There's other stuff. You know, there's there's good stuff like love. I don't I don't, I don't know love. Well, um, <clears throat> um. Hmm. Do it. Hmm. Do it. Remember what the diva told you. Remember what the Say fucking it. diva. Say it. Straight up told you to Say do. Say it, Corbin. You dumb man. I, I, I love you. <laughs> it's good. It's pretty good, Bruce Willis. And then a beam of light shoots out of Mila Jovovich's body. Uh-huh. And into the big moon-shaped ball that almost entered our atmosphere and was 67 miles away and I think probably our oceans are boiling and the earth is fucked anyway. Uh, and we get a new moon. Two moons! Mm -hmm. Which which implies, I guess, that the last moon, our moon, was made at the, the last 5,000 years ago? You know, you, you could guess that, but you could also assume that maybe, I don't know, in past... 5,000 year increments, they got their shit together a little bit better, and mm. the thing wasn't so goddamn close. Yeah, true. But then, you know, that's not how humanity really operates. We're, we're down to the wire people. Yeah, yeah. At least in the past, you know, 10,000 years. And then they have sex, and uh, Corbin's mother calls for a third time, because she's called three times, and mothers are the worst. And yeah. so she insults the president and everyone else, and then while well, they're having sex in a tube where everybody is standing around them. The recovery uh, his, chamber, yes. His mother uh, bitches in the background, and then uh, music comes on, and it's, it's somehow works. <laughs> somehow it works. Uh, yeah. I love this movie, which Amber, is do you why I go, just described it to you. Do you want to go watch The Fifth Element now? I do. I really, I really do. Now that I've described it, I need to see it again. I love this movie. Yeah. 
<laughs> so on the rock scale, regrettable, let's in, Crazeballs are okay. This movie is outstanding. Yeah, it's outstanding, <laughs> Crazeballs. It's outstandingly I mean, yeah. Crazeballs. It's not actually a good movie, but it is outstandingly Crazeballs. I mean, in some ways, it's actually a good movie. In some ways, it is. But not in the ways of, like, is the story good and does yes. it make sense? Sure. But definitely in the ways of, you made a cartoon that a tween and an adult could love. Yeah, absolutely. Megan, do you have an Abby story? I do have an Abby story. Um, I was with Abby this weekend, and um, <laughs> we were sitting uh, at dinner, and she just kind of apropos of nothing says, we like spending time together because we love each other, right? <laughs> I like that she checked in on that. She Why to- is it that I enjoy your company? <laughs> <laughs> it's the love thing right it's the love thing right i just want to confirm you know i'm four i'm trying to figure these this, this kind of stuff up and uh yeah it's, it's because of this right yeah it's yeah. uh for the same reason that lilu was willing to save all of creation yeah exactly love love the fifth element it is the fifth element. It is not the fucking fifth element. It obviously isn't the fucking fifth element because if if this weapon worked in the past, clearly it wasn't powered by love because she just explained how she was never powered by love before because she was built to protect. She's clearly not the fifth element. Amber, do you have any recommendations? Yeah. Okay, we're talking about like cute little future touches and it made me think of the show Upload on Amazon Prime. It's an Amazon original series. I feel like Dan maybe recommended it or Michael. It came from somebody and and I watched it and I, I did quite like it. There were like really cute, clever future touches. It is it is a solid comedy. Like it's definitely not super serious. Um, and it has good comedic moments. It's well cast. You've got women of color front and center, which is freaking great every time I see it. And uh, decent acting, well, well cast. And I, I quite like the story. Yeah. Delightful. Megan, do you have a recommendation? Yeah, I'm going to recommend WandaVision. It is uh, the new Marvel um, show on Disney+. Plus. It is about Wanda um, and Vision. Um, so the Scarlet Witch and Vision. And it is kind of in this like um, uh, sitcom style. Um, but... But then it has kind of this bigger story arch to it, arc to it. And uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's super interesting. I think I think you one one would especially like it if they uh, were interested in the Marvel family of products. Um, I think it could be interesting if you if you weren't. But there's definitely obviously uh, more to it if you are already a fan and kind of at least know the backstory to Wanda and Vision. Yeah. Excellent. It's like half sitcom, half like mystery, drama, thriller, comedy. Okay. It's all the things. It's all the things. It, it shook a bag and just pulled all the tiles out and was like, why do we even put these in a bag? There you go. All right. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, I think this has been lovely. It's yeah. gone on for, for quite some time. Too long. I need to stop describing movies. Yeah. And uh, okay. Well, Megan, this has been great. And I will see you again next week. Great. And I'll just end like I always do, which uh, by saying you don't need directions, just point yourself to the top and go. You obviously need directions places. You can't just be, oh, I'm going to go up there and then just start climbing. That's it's, I'm assuming we're talking about a mountain. You think there's any way up a mountain? You're just going to go any way up a mountain. Just point yourself to the top and go. <sighs> Jesus. What if there's traffic? If there's people in front of you? You need directions. You need help. Is 
this bootstrapping do-it-yourself jargon is such bullshit and I hate it and I hate you a little. The fifth element, Amber. It's not gonna save you this time. Bye, Megan. Bye, Amber.